Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and the Seahawks' Monday night game against the Minnesota Vikings just got a lot more significant for the NFC playoff picture, with the San Francisco 49ers' 20-17 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. The Seahawks now have a chance to take the lead in the NFC West with a win over the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night. The Ravens get the win on a last-second field goal by Justin Tucker, 49 yards. Certainly not a gimme, but Tucker able to put it through the uprights and get the win for the Ravens. With the loss, the San Francisco 49ers fall to 10-2. and The Saints, of course, won on Thanksgiving, giving them a 10-2 and record in the NFC as well. With both those teams facing off next week on Sunday, it means one of those two teams will pick up their third loss. That game going to be played in New Orleans, so back-to-back road games for the San Francisco 49ers against the two teams the Seahawks lost to in Seattle. After that road game against New Orleans, the 49ers return home. They face the Atlanta Falcons and the Los Angeles Rams before the two teams face off Week 17 on December 29th in Seattle. Let's take a quick look at the injury report for both teams before we get into Pete Carroll's press conference from Saturday. Starting with the Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen on Sunday was downgraded to out with a hamstring injury. So he and linebacker Ben Gedeon, who's out with a concussion, will sit out the Monday night game. That leaves four players questionable for the Vikings. Safety Anthony Harris with a groin injury. Defensive tackle Linval Joseph with a knee injury. The Vikings' other starting safety, Harrison Smith, has a hamstring injury. And defensive tackle Shamar Steffen, former Seahawk, has a knee injury. Anthony Harris was the only one of those four who was a limited participant in practice on Saturday. The rest were full participants, along with guard Josh Klein with a concussion. Running back Dalvin Cook, listed with a chest injury, was a full participant in practice on Saturday. And defensive end Everson Griffin was a full participant in practice on Saturday with a knee injury after he was limited on Friday. Moving over to the Seahawks injury report, Nick Ballore and Nico Thorpe both listed as doubtful. Ballore has a quadriceps injury, Nico Thorpe with a groin injury. Those two will be a game-time decision on Monday. Five players for the Seahawks listed as questionable. Tight end Luke Wilson with his hamstring injury. Jadevian Clowney with a core injury. Pete Carroll says he's going to play. Jaron Reed has an ankle injury. Michael Kendricks has a hamstring injury. And defensive tackle Al Woods with an ankle injury. Neither Nick Ballore or Nico Thorpe practiced on Friday or Saturday. Luke Wilson also did not practice. Michael Kendricks was limited in practice on Friday and sat out on Saturday. While Al Woods did the opposite, he did not practice Friday, but was limited on Saturday, along with Jadevian Clowney, Jaron Reed, and Trey Flowers, limited in practice with an illness. A lot of guys sitting out with illnesses, David Moore, Jordan Roos, Puna Ford, both sat out Friday and Saturday, but they are expected to play. Shaquem Griffin, he was dealing with an illness this week. He was a full participant both on Friday and Saturday. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett was another one of those players listed with an illness. He also sat out Friday and Saturday. He's also dealing with a shin injury. Guard Mike Upati sat out on Friday, but he was a full participant in practice on Saturday. A lot of names showing up on this injury report. Dwayne Brown was a limited participant on Friday. He then sat out Saturday's practice. And DJ Fluker showed up on the injury report on Saturday with a shoulder injury, but he was a full participant in practice. Jamarco Jones also showed up on the injury report with an ankle injury, but was a full participant. Safety Quandre Diggs still working through his hamstring injury. He was a full participant on both Friday and Saturday. 
And lastly, looking at the wide receivers, DK Metcalf, Josh Gordon, Metcalf dealing with a knee injury, Gordon with an ankle injury, and both of them full participants on Friday and Saturday. So they will be expected to play on Monday night. Well, let's move into the press conference with Pete Carroll and hear what he had to say on Saturday going into this game against the Minnesota Vikings. It's been an interesting week for us. Uh, we've had the practices have been really good. We've had some guys that have been uh, this illness going around, and so we've kept some guys out. Um, everybody we think of those guys are going to play, and uh, there's no reason that they won't, other than they feel lousy. But uh, but it's been a very good week and very pointed. Um, we feel like we've we've played these guys over the years enough where we we have a good feel for them and understand what they're trying to do, and and because of that, we have great respect for their their play. This is a really good team. There's nothing that they don't do well, and they're tough and physical and and uh, really well schooled in all their stuff. So um, we got to play a really good ball game, and uh, it's going to be a great matchup. I hope hope we're up for it and play like we're capable, and uh, we'll see what happens at the end. Pete Carroll said there were a few guys who they allowed to stay home to help kind of contain some of that illness and not spread it around the locker room. But he does say that he expects all of those players to play come game time on Monday. I mentioned Jadivian Clowney showing up on the injury report as questionable. Here's what Pete Carroll had to say about Clowney being ready to go for Monday. Um, he was, we just practiced him very lightly today, but he did well yesterday and he's fine. He should be ready to go. So with this type of injury, is his playing time going to have to be managed for the rest of the year? Often, you know, the stuff in, in this area, you know, you got to go when they can go and you got to make sure that you figure out what the right rhythm is for the guys to recover. Um, it's all about the recovery from the weeks, you know, from the game. And so, uh, we're really tuned into that kind of thinking and we treat every guy individually with their own circumstances and try to keep them as fresh as we possibly can. And, we were in that mode. Continuing to talk injuries on the defense, he said Jaron Reed is ready to go, and he speaks to Al Wood's status on the defensive line. I just said he had a sore foot, um, and uh, we just made sure and gave him, gave him rest on it. He practiced today and, and looked fine. Um, you know, those guys, this is this time of the year where these guys aren't, they ain't going to be perfect, but they're going to, they all feel like they can play and they're excited to play in the game. So, uh, until they don't and can't, we, we, we work out on these guys. Michael Kendricks with a big day against the Philadelphia Eagles. 13 tackles against the Eagles, and that's by far and away his best day. Seven tackles was the most he'd had to this point in the season in any one game, but he did come out of the game with a hamstring injury. Here's what Pete Carroll had to say about what Kendricks is working through. He, he had a little tightness in his hammy yesterday, so we thought we'd rest him today and get a couple days here to uh, cool him down. He takes a lot of reps and practices and loves to you know, really go, and, and so we just thought it would be best to rest him. We'll see, see what happens. We, we don't need to check him on game day, though. Moving over to the offensive side of the ball, it sounds like we may be waiting until game time to find out Luke Wilson's status. He made really good progress. He was flying up and down the field. Um, it, it's, it's, we got to be careful with this one because we just don't want it to linger, you know. so we'll, we'll make a late decision on this one. One big piece of news that came out on Sunday is that Adam Thielen would be out for Monday night. On Saturday, before knowing Thielen's status, Carroll was asked about just how different the Vikings would be without Adam Thielen on the field. He's a great player. You know, makes the plays. He, he's hard to cover. You can beat you one on ones, but he, but even more than that, he makes big plays. You know, kind of real timely, clutch. Um, you know, he he just comes through. So, if he was on my team, I said, we, you know, you can't replace that guy. You know, he is what he is. Um, you know, they have Stephon Diggs is, is a terrific football player, and he's really picked up the slack and all that. 
but it's hard to replace those guys. Um, I mean, I'd be really surprised he doesn't make it back and you know for Monday night and he's out there playing. Over the course of the Seahawks franchise, they've had an incredible record on Monday night, twenty-five and ten all time. Their winning percentage on Monday nights ranks first all-time in NFL history, and since Pete Carroll came to the team in 2010, he has continued on that tradition. The Seahawks 28-5-1 in prime time overall, 9-2 on Monday night football, and 18-2 at home in prime time games. Pete was asked, what's his secret? What's his secret to getting things done on Monday to really get ready for these prime time games? That's an interesting question. Um, yeah. You're on fire. Um, I prepare. <laughs> yeah, I'm preparing. You gotta get ready, you know. Before you know it, it's 3.30 and we're rolling, so. <laughs> I'm not telling you. <laughs> so it sounds like if there is any secret there, Pete Carroll's gonna hold that close as a potential competitive advantage. Or sometimes you know, there's really no answer, and he just likes to be playful with those questions. So moving on to talks about the 53-man roster, Jerron Brown, one of those players who had been inactive lately, and Coach Carroll was asked about how Brown's been handling being inactive the past couple weeks. He's really happy to be back involved this week. He's and uh, you know, has a chance to be active this week. We'll see. Do they frustrate though? Like anybody, they, he wants to play. You know, and uh, I always would say to you that if he's not frustrated, then something's wrong. You know, and, and uh, he wants to get out there. He's a good ball player. We love him, and, and I hate when he he can't dress out. So uh, we'll see if we can get him out there this week. Now, one of those weird quirks in the NFL rules. Of course, we all see the announcements on game day of the seven players who sit each and every week. Some of those players tend to be on there because of injury-related issues, but some of those players are very much healthy. And whoever decided to come up with 46 men as the number of players who would be active on game day, I don't know exactly when that started, but there is some work. And Pete Carroll, one of those guys who is trying to promote this idea of all 53 players being active on game day, and general manager John Schneider trying to work on this cause as well. I was trying to stir that conversation up. We've, Johnny's been trying to work at it. And we haven't had found a lot of traction on it. I just don't understand. I just don't get it, and I just wish we would have all these guys available and they would help us this time of year. They would take plays off of guys and we would be healthier. You know, So there's some arguments that are kind of old arguments, and, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I will always keep clamoring for that. I think it's the right thing for the players mostly, and, and uh, that that's what we should be considering. And so... We're paying them anyway, you know, they're all getting paid. So that doesn't, I don't understand it. It definitely seems arbitrary to keep the number at 46. So what is the league's position on the active 53 man player roster and why it is that way in Carol's mind? I don't have a good, good reason. There's some old stuff. Um, it, it, it would come down to what if a team doesn't have 53 guys healthy? I think that's kind of the, and they can't control that, you know, so this margin of numbers, you know, keeps it in a safe zone. I think that's kind of the thing that comes back all the time, you know. If that was the case, you could go, each team could go to 52 or 51, you know. If they've got 53, you got 53, I don't know, something like that. But I would think that there's solutions for that. You could always take guys off the practice squad too, which would be great for those guys. It would be the best thing that could ever happen for those guys, you know. Yeah. Well, if you want to solve the problem, you can solve the problem. I, 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 from my perspective, and, and I don't get what their perspective is, and I respect that. And if they are able to move that number to 53 or 51 or 52, what is Coach Carroll's idea about bringing guys up from the practice squad to help reach that minimum number for both teams if there are injuries on either side of the football? Sure. They're practicing too. They're ready to help out. Our guys are so close. 
they could play. You know, they're, they're involved with the in installation and all that every week. That's just my way of looking at it. One player who has been dealing with an injury, Ethan Posick recovering from a back injury earlier on in the season. He was on injured reserve, but he was able to come back to practice this week. He will practice next week as well. He has the possibility of returning for the Carolina Panthers game in a couple weeks. Here's Coach Carroll talking about Ethan Posick's recovery. Yeah, Ethan did a really good job. He made it through the whole week, um, took some one-on-ones and pass rush, and um, really hopeful that he's got another week to go before he's ready to come back. But um, he looks strong and looked good, and, he, and I talked to him a couple different times. He, he feels nothing from uh, from the injury, so uh, it's a really good response. It'll be important to see how he is after the whole week and see how he comes back out, but um, really hopeful that he can be involved. And finally, going into this game, let's take a quick look at some of the stats for the Minnesota Vikings on defense. Total defense, they are allowing 338 yards per game. That's good for 15th in the NFL. They're one of the top teams in the league against the run. Ranked number 6, 94 yards per game. In the past, though, they are ranked number 20, allowing 244 yards per game. 31 sacks on the year, 10 interceptions. So they are tied with the Seahawks at that number. And in terms of turnover differential, they are tied for ninth in the league. They're plus four. Seahawks at plus nine, third overall in the NFL this year. For the Vikings defense, allowing a completion percentage of right about 65%, 37% on third down conversions. The Seahawks defense has a slight edge there with 35%. And inside the red zone, it's the Vikings that have a big edge, just allowing 46% inside the red zone compared to 54% for the Seahawks. And that's definitely what's helping them be number six in the league at 18.6 per game points allowed for the defense. With all that said, here's Pete Carroll closing it out, talking about the challenge of going against Mike Zimmer's defense. They're really sound. Um... You know, they know how they want to play, and they have a lot of stuff that complements their base defense. They play really good base defense, but then they have the disguises and the movements uh, because of Harrison and, and the stuff that he can, ex you know, he can change every look and, and fool you with stuff um, in a really advanced pa uh, fashion, you know. So you just have to wait them out. You know that they're going to slug the line of scrimmage pretty good on you, and, and they're going to keep the guys in the box and all that. And then they have a variety of coverage things that they do. Um, over the years, they've been a really good blitz team with a unique blitz package and they can pull that out at any time and and uh you know they've, they've been good against the run they're under 100 yards there they, they they're they play well on on the passing games hard hard to beat these guys they have always been a traditional good third down team a good red zone team so all the situations they play really well so there's just no weaknesses here you just got to go slug it out and hope you can make the plays and and uh move the ball Thanks for tuning into the show this week. You can subscribe at SBNation.com slash NFL Podcasts. Hop on over to FieldGoals.com. As Kenneth Arthur points out how the Seahawks are now eyeing first place after the 49ers lost to the Ravens. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back here after the Monday night game against the Vikings. Tune in. We'll catch you then. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.